Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Fitness Journey Podcast. Uh, it's been a while since you guys probably heard my voice. Uh, today, we are going to be doing episode eight featuring my boy, Paul Viviano. Paul, say what's up. What's up, guys? Happy to be on the podcast. So, um, you know, Paul is my age. I uh, grew up, you know, the town uh, in Valhalla. Uh, so we didn't grow up together, but we have friends where we've uh, mutual friends. And that's how we've kind of met. Uh, a few years back, um, a quick little thing about Paul. He owns a gym called Max Impact Training. Um, it's over in, is this White Plains or North White Plains? White Plains. It's in White Plains, right by the county center. Uh, cool gym. They do all kinds of personal training. High intensity interval is their main thing. And then some boxing. And they got a, a whole bunch of stuff they do, and they do a really good job. So if you're in the area, check it out for sure. Um, what we're going to be doing today is just talking about Paul's story, you know, same deal, how it started, how it's developed, and where he's at now. So, uh, first question, as always, uh, what is your first? Ex- what was your first experience with fitness? How and why did it happen? So, uh, Tommy, I'm probably going to get a little personal here um, and a little bit emotional at the same time. Um, but we're good friends, so sorry if you're listening to this. Um, but, you know, I was about 12 years old. And I have a very visual, distinct memory of myself looking into my bathroom mirror with my shirt off and being very upset with the way that that I looked in terms of my physique. Um, I was heavy and I grew up with, with a mother who would tell me, you know, have that extra plate of pasta um, with grandparents who were always trying to feed me. And nobody ever, you know, trying to get me to a better place in terms of that. Also, it probably had to do with me being 12 and people think that it's normal for you to be chubby. But I came out of that bathroom, um, 12 years old, crying, you know, uh, tears coming down my eyes. And my parents were sitting at the dining room table and my mom proceeded to say, it's okay, you're not fat, don't worry about it. And then my dad um, said, hey, listen, like, you know, if you want to do something about this, I'll give you a broomstick. Um, And every day you could go up in your room right before bed, do 100 uh, squats with the broomstick. And uh, if you do that for a year straight, I'll buy your own gym membership. And uh, when I was 13 years old, I got a gym membership to uh, New York Sports Club for doing my 100 rep squats every day. And uh, that's how it all started. So, you know, sounds like a very uh, similar thing. If you listen to my podcast, uh, I talk about the same deal. I was a chubby kid, uh, fat kid, didn't want to be the fat kid anymore. You know, same deal, typical Italian lifestyle. You know, parents just feeding you until you can't walk. And, you know, you're a cute little chubby kid to them. And then everyone else is like, look at this fat kid, you know. <laughs> so I know your pain and I feel that, bro. And it's pretty cool how you started uh doing those 100 squats every day and you kind of had to earn that gym membership you had to show you wanted it more than just that day you had to show it every day for a year and uh pretty impressive how you were able to get to that new york sports club so now you walk into this new york sports club right um and tell me like did you have any guidance um what were you doing uh what was your experience like that first day walking in first day walking in um definitely nervous you know because I still you know maybe I dropped like 10 pounds and you know I might have not looked as chubby anymore but uh but I did definitely have a chip on my shoulder 
and um, my father taught me a lot and uh, my routine was based around learning how to squat and learning how to deadlift and then everything else was pretty much just extra um, and you know I would do uh, push-ups I didn't really do dips until later but I, I was never able to do a pull-up um, which is actually one of my favorite exercises right now but yeah, really the squat and the deadlift and a ton of volume and lightweight. See, that's that's funny um, because my experience was the exact opposite. I went in there and the people who taught me was all upper body aesthetic and how to look good this way. When in reality, I, I, I talked about it in my podcast, I wish it was the other way because you know how much more functional and what that could do for your body um, athletically and everything else um so you touched on your dad he said you seemed as if uh he taught you a lot was he in there with you kind of just showing you the ropes um he was i was actually lucky enough to have him doing the exercises with me and uh he was a retired police officer at the time and i think he also wanted to get himself into better shape so he would do research and read yeah, uh, men's health magazines, you know, cover to cover, uh, find out exactly the best way to train. And I also, you know, was starting to get serious about playing sports or whatever I thought was serious, you know, and, and it was kind of my way to hang out with my dad. And uh, to this day, it's something that I hold close to me because um, I know I'll never get that back. And there was a lot of hours where it was just me and him together and it felt like we were just hanging out. Yeah, that's definitely something very cool to have in common with your dad or anyone, um, which is awesome. So you touched on it a little bit, um, athletically, athletics. Like, how did that change it for you growing up? Like, I'm sure when you were 12 years old, I don't know, maybe you were very athletic but just slower or something like that. But did it drastically change your athletic ability by starting to work out? So, I mean, the funny thing is, is I was actually never um, athletic. Uh, maybe I had good hand-eye coordination, but I was never athletic. And to this day, I'll still say that I'm not. Um, so I remember a memory where uh, I wanted to be on a summer baseball team with all my friends. And the coach told my father, you know, he's got to get a little bit better at baseball before he could play. And uh, that just stuck in my head. And then every time I was doing 10 sets of squats or 10 sets of deadlifts until I wanted to throw up, all I was thinking about was being on that baseball team. And then the next thing you know, a couple of lessons at frozen ropes and learning how to use my hips paired with the power that I gained and the strength that I gained from training, I was able to make people think that I was a good athlete, if that makes any sense. It's really cool, and there's always those things that kind of stick with you as to why you do things in life, and it's funny, you know, 10 years, 12 years later, whatever it may have been, you're still thinking about, you still have that thought, you have that memory, and it probably still gets you going a little bit uh, every once in a while, um, which is really cool. Um, so I know, I'm pretty sure from what I've heard, like, you, you were pretty good at football, Um and being a chubby kid, I'm pretty sure you were like a running back or something like that. So that was probably a pretty cool switch over to be someone, you know, who's considered like you got to be fast and tough and run hard, you know. Um, so how did weightlifting kind of get into like your high school days with sports? 
So that's uh, that's pretty funny because yeah, I would I would definitely consider myself a decent football player in high school, and I was getting looked at to play college. Uh, but how it all started is, um, you know, I never played an organized game of football until I was thirteen. My friends were all like, "Yo, sign this piece of paper for the modified team. Come on, do it, do it. We'll have so much fun." And I was skeptical at first, but then I eventually did it. And then, you know, at that time, I had already been training to some extent for a little bit more than a year. So I had a competitive edge against the people that were not doing that, who were 13 years old and not strong and, you know, didn't know how to move properly. So uh, I stood out immediately. um, And then uh, I had people telling me that I was good. Uh, Unfortunately, no, I was not a running back. I was a tight end. And uh, then I eventually moved to running back into varsity. But uh, when I my second year of football, I was scoring like two touchdowns a game, most tackles on the team. And then at 13 years old, I tore my ACL. So uh, so then fitness became rehabilitation and, and the drive just completely changed from that point on. And, and my sole focus was I want to keep playing football because someone told me I'm good at it. See that that's cool. That's uh, that's gonna be a cool switch up right now. So you know you tear your ACL at 13, which is very young, um, and that's interesting because you know all the training you were doing, maybe it had something to do with a mix and match. You know, it could have just been a freak accident. Regardless, you talked. You said as soon as that happened, the the switchover went from you know I don't care. It's not about being the fat kid so much anymore. Now it's about all right. How am I going to get myself back on the field? How am I going to be able to keep that edge that I had? Um, so, how did did training change at all, or did it kind of stay the same? What was your mindset? What was it like? Um, well, I I could definitely say that I was the hardest worker in physical therapy, no doubt, um, and I took it very seriously. And then my because my only visions through the entire process, you know, as a 13 year old kid was I want to be playing football again. You know, I want to get to the point where I could score touchdowns and have that kind of fun because it was something that I never experienced. I never really got that through baseball. I wasn't that good at it where people were noticing me. Um, You know, I got through the process and I started playing and then I had three very successful high school years, um, ninth, 10th and 11th grade playing varsity football and I did I did very well for myself um and then 18 years old I tore the same one again and then uh I I became very depressed uh and you know from that point on that's when I started to reclaim fitness for what it was to me in the beginning so that's that we're gonna get to that in just a moment um real fast um you know there's a lot of talk about physical therapy whether it works some people take it serious others kind of just go there because they feel as if they need to because their doctor told them to what was like your i you you said you worked very hard and um you were there and took it very serious um when you were 18 years old is that something you knew going back to physical therapy was going to help you fix or did you um, feel as if you, at that point you were knowledgeable enough to be able to do it on your own and feel as if you didn't need them. That's just a quick question I want to hear. I definitely wanted to be there in the facility um, because I enjoyed the people that worked with me and I was excited to see them again. 
Um, and I and I was also so depressed that I knew that I needed a place to go. But if I needed to do it on my own, I definitely could. Um, but uh, to answer your to answer your question, um, the therapy to me it was clear that it needed to be done a certain way, and that was hard. And you can't take it easy because I was terribly scared of uh, never healing properly. Yeah, and I think that's a, it's a different story for athletes versus, you know, your everyday person. Because the everyday person, they, you know, they tear their rotator cuff, let's say, for example, and, you know, they don't have to go pitch baseball. You know, they don't, that's not something that drives them. They just want to be able to put groceries away in the clo- in the draw, you know what I mean? So they don't take it necessarily as serious because maybe it's not something that's so important important to them at that exact moment. Over time, of course, they want to get better and they think eventually it will. Um, where athletes, it's like, this is do or die. If I don't get to, if I don't get healthy by next season, I just can't play and that'll just ruin your whole career. So I think that's, I think what you're saying makes sense. Um, so let's get into that state of mind when you're 18 years old, you know, you are a senior in high school, you tear your ACL. Um, and you said that you go back to fitness for what it once was in the beginning. And, uh, can you just touch a little bit more on that? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I knew a great deal about ACLs, and um, I knew that once I tore that same one again, that I was never going to play football again. That was my decision. Um, so I remember the doctor sitting down, the doctor that was going to operate with, with me sitting down and saying, hey, listen, you know, are we going to get you ready to play again uh, in college? And I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to need you to get me ready to train again because that's all I knew. Um, that's all I knew that was left that I still loved. Um, but I was full and ready to accept that I was never going to play football again. I knew that from the get-go. And now once uh, you got healed up and, you know, high school was over, what, what, where'd you go from there? Did you end up going to college? What was, uh, and this whole time, um, were you working at the gym you currently own? Touch on that as well. So, uh, right off the bat, I actually started as an aide at the physical therapy place that rehabbed me. Um, because I ended up building rapport with patients that were just kind of alongside me working out. And the owner realized that and asked me if I had a job. And I said, no. I said, I was thinking about going to just, you know, clean up weights down below at New York Sports Club. And he was like, hey, man, why don't you come and be my summer guy? So that's when that started. Um, and then the previous owner of this gym reached out to me and was like, hey, uh, I heard you had an ACL injury that was very similar to what happened to me when I was your age. Why don't you come in here and work that out on a more athletic uh, basis, which, which I did. Um, maybe he thought I was going to play sports again, but I knew in my heart that I wasn't. But that didn't mean that I didn't want to get my knee ready for, for whatever. Um, and then I eventually ended up working here, you know, um, as a, as an entry level trainer. And then I eventually left, uh, the physical therapy job and I was just about turning, you know, I think I was almost about maybe 19 when I started as a, as a trainer here. And now I'm uh, 24. I, I started owning the gym at 22. Um, so 
at 19 you're training and talk uh training other people talk to me about like uh what you do exactly what's your um training kind of like philosophy what do you guys do here let's talk about that um we're very big into uh so so okay i definitely do i don't do one-on-one training but i do something called semi-private training and what that is is you can have one person in that time slot but you can also have up to five people in that time slot and they all have their individual programs written out for them for their training blocks um, and I'm just moving around the room as I see uh, fit. So it's not like I'm zoning in on one particular person, but there might be, okay, listen, from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., my semi-private guys could come in. From, from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., my semi-private guys could come in. And then if we're getting aside from that, we're talking about like boot camp classes or whatever you would like to call it, like a large group training and then boxing. My philosophy, I place intense focus on mobility, stretching, and form. Um, I do not really go too heavy with the lifting with my clients, but I'm more about, you know, how can I get them to work hard in a short amount of time. Uh, that's pretty cool because you know um, that's kind of what it is for a lot of people like training they do it to stay in shape and become healthy and it's always the thing oh I don't have time I don't have time you'll hear that time after time again Um, so the whole idea about getting the most out of the session um, in the shortest period of time is is you know it's it's key it's key to a lot of people in this world because um, they don't necessarily prioritize it as much as you and I or and other people as well. Um, so 19, you're training here, and eventually you end up owning the gym. When in your mind was it like, this is what I want to do? To be honest with you, I, I don't know if I could answer that question. I just knew that I was having a lot of fun. I was at uh, Westchester Community College, you know, doing school. I didn't really know what I wanted, but what I did know is that I'm working at this gym and everybody really likes me. Um, And I was kind of just chasing after that. And then one thing led to another um, and then I ended up owning it. But uh, there was never a time where I said, this is what I want to do. But I always felt it. And and, um, that's interesting to hear because, you know, most people, they kind of have that on their mind, but it kind of just like fell into place for you, uh, which is awesome. Um, happy that that did happen to you. Um, since you started, since you were a trainer and now own the gym, has your mindset kind of changed on what fitness is or um, how you've looked at fitness from a different side of it um what's your what's your mindset now uh my mindset now is just like now that i own a facility i feel like i can i can create create an environment based on my beliefs on what fitness should be um, so whether that means I'm going to pick up a CrossFit book, I'm going to pick up a bodybuilding book, and I'm going to take pieces from this, take pieces from that, create like my own way that I think is right. 
And uh, when I was just working here, it was more like, okay, like I respect the person who owns this and I'm not going to try to make it my own type of thing. That's very cool. And that's, I think that's a lot of people's who are into fitness kind of like they're what they want to do. They want to be able to, to express who they are and give it to other people and see the progress made and be able to use their knowledge in a different way um, other than just expressing it but actually seeing it happen on other people which is really cool and when you own a facility you just get to see it happen to so many people at once it's a very incredible experience uh definitely know the feeling um so now what's like your your training like now like what do you like what are your goals like i know you've always had like a very lean physique like that's been your thing i've never seen you like overweight in my entire life um where for me i fluctuate a lot whether i'm very lean or very a little overweight um what is kind of like your goals within the fitness industry other than growing your brand my goals are yes i i i personally don't feel right psychologically if i don't have visible cuts in my abs i don't know if I don't I don't know why I really don't but I enjoy life much better when I when I can take my shirt off and when you can see a six pack um, and that has that has been my mentality for years um, and at what my goals are I don't necessarily have like uh, I don't want to be this weight I don't want to lift this amount but I want anybody to walk into my gym to be like that kid knows what he's doing that kid's in shape like the the women may not be i don't want them to be intimidated by me i want the men to want to look like me um so my goals really is just i want to be healthy and i want to look as good as possible with my shirt off but my goals in terms of the the big picture of things is that i want it to help like you said, grow your brand, but I want the way that I look to do that for itself. That's awesome. And, you know, you touched on not wanting to intimidate people and making them feel comfortable and inspiring them to look the way you do. And I do think that's very important. You know, you don't want to listen to a personal trainer who doesn't have a physique that you admire, right? You don't want to see you know, you don't want to go to a dentist with bad teeth. It's the same thing where you don't want to go to a personal trainer who doesn't look good. Um, and for everyone, what looks good is different, of course. Um, you know, and the abs thing is definitely something that I can, I can definitely relate to. Like, uh, you know, I go back and forth whether I want to start eating to, you know, get really strong and perform well within the sport of CrossFit or whatever it is I choose versus okay should i eat and keep my six pack and that's something that's always going back and forth to me um at the, especially at this time right now honestly and honestly having abs does make me happy so i've kind of made the decision where i do want to eat for performance but i also want to keep my aesthetic um appeal because that's what makes me happy and that's what's important making yourself happy as well as others um so it was cool to hear you touch on that as well um so tell us what you're doing here like where are we moving forwards within the gym and all that good stuff well currently with uh 
with what's going on right now in the world, which is very, very sad. It's been challenging, you know, and I'm sure it, it's been hard for you too, Tommy. Um, I'm doing what I can right now, just, you know, having outdoor classes like I see you guys doing, having one-on-ones when I can, trying to stay out of the gym, trying not to, trying not to, you know, have anybody come through the doors because of, you know, health risk and, and germs and things like that. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, when this is all over, I would be grateful to just have my head above the water. And then after that, you know, obviously the goals are to just slowly find clients who aren't just here to check it out, but who are here to buy into your belief system and who are going to be what I like to call a lifetime client. So if I could go year after year and gain just five lifetime clients every year, that would mean everything to me. You know, I'm not I'm not looking to be no millionaire, but I am looking to have a community that respects each other and a community that works hard and that is what I see in my future. And it's uh, good to hear you say that because that's just truly what it is. You know, uh, gaining a few people at a time is massively important, but the community aspect is 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 awesome and uh, that's what keeps businesses thriving and, you know, that's what makes the place special, um, the people within it and uh, people who are friendly and enjoy coming to this place and being with each other um that's what makes gyms special especially the small ones versus the large ones that's something that they will always conquer the la fitnesses and the new york sports clubs and the equinoxes they, they may be pretty but they don't have the same community that you will get at a small business and locally owned gym um so yeah, man, I really love the story and I appreciate you coming on. Uh, any last words before we close this thing off? Uh, man, I guess just to uh, to thank you and to just give my respect to all the hard work that I see you doing. It, it does not go unnoticed. Um, I can see that you have a very bright future in the fitness industry and I can very much tell that you're doing it for all the right reasons. Um, I'm looking forward to doing more work with you in the future. Hell yeah, brother. I appreciate you and uh, the same to you, man. You've been doing it for a long time and it's been cool to be, to know someone my age from the town over doing the same thing and just seeing where you're at versus like where I'm at and you know, that's not what it's about, but it's just cool seeing us grow together at the same time. You know, it's it's been very interesting and uh, happy to have someone to relate to like that. Um, just want to say thank you for everyone listening, and I hope you guys enjoyed this one. I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Have a great day, guys. Thanks again, Tommy. Peace.